This series is about our identity in Christ, who we are in Him, and we've said all along it's very important for us to know that because we have a very real enemy who's sort of the master of identity theft, and he wants to not allow you to experience the life that Jesus came for us to have. And so in this part of the series, we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Um, We said uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about love and that love really encompasses all the rest. Uh, And then we talked about joy and we talked about peace. This week, we're going to be talking about patience. And I had people telling me all week they could hardly wait for this message. I know. That's a segue into bad joke. A couple of more really bad jokes for you. Um, these are really bad. Thank you. Uh, the other day, I guess I need to apologize. I made a, a, a bad joke about an axe and no one laughed. I guess it wasn't very cleaver. Thank you. <laughs> Which is why I like it so much. <laughs> and this one, you know, we, we, we do... I, I get the idea of promoting things. To attract new visitors... The Museum of Natural History ran a promotion where they gave away actual dinosaur vertebrae from their collection. Everyone was taken aback. <laughs> Scripture reading. They're on purpose. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Blessed be the word of the Lord. We're taking our time to work through this uh, whole process together, and we're going to be using that as our scripture reading every week, because I want you to have that sort of, you know, ingrained love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. So today it's patience. Um, You often hear things like this. I believe people say patience is a virtue. When you hear the word, that might even pop right into your mind. Uh, People say things like good things come to those who wait. Perhaps you've heard that. And uh, I think people say those things, but not many people live like they really believe those things at all. Uh, We're in a very fast-paced world. uh, uh, And we like things in a hurry. and, And we're so used to things happening like this that it's really impacted us to be able to wait for anything. Uh, we like our computers. The, the, the faster, the better. I was thinking the other day about, uh, I heard that little dial-up sound that the, um, they used to make on AOL when your modem was connecting. Remember that noise? And you thought, this is so amazing. Look what we can do. And it took, you know, six and a half minutes to log in. You were like, wow, that was quick. And... Uh, <laughs> And now if it's not like this, you know, and, and so we're a society that invented things. We fast food, uh, microwaves, you know, it's a, a, it wasn't, you know, fast enough to heat it up in an oven. We need a microwave now. And now my, my standing joke is if I go to your homes, there's usually five or six seconds left on your microwave because you couldn't wait the full 30 seconds. <laughs> That's close enough. I can't wait six more seconds. We have drive throughs so we don't have to get out of things. We have it, uh, express checkout lanes at the store. And I, I like this. Uh, uh, how many of you have ever, when you're in the express checkout lane, you know, and it's 10 items, have counted the number of items the person in front of you has? <laughs> You've done that. How many of you have your own set of rules for your own things that are different? You know, so like, because you're pretty confident if you have four of one things, that only counts as one. Well, it's not four. No, I'm sorry. I have the right number. This is four of one thing. It's one item. No, it's four. No, it's one. 
Don't judge me. But see, we have most of our pet peeves, things that sort of get us, have a lot to do with impatience and, or having to wait. Um, we don't like to wait. We don't like long lines anywhere. They, they, uh, you know, it's, at Winn-Dixie, I'm always trying to figure out the fastest line, and I'm so disappointed most of the time because the line I choose that looks fast always has some sort of problem. And uh, the other line that looked long has whipped its way through, and they're laughing at me as they leave. And I went to the doctor Friday about my knee. It was cool, and that's a great doctor. So, but, you know, most doctors have the big waiting room, and they call your name, and you feel like, oh, good, my name, yeah, after you've been waiting. And then they stick you in another room where you could be forever. You ever wonder if they've forgotten about you in there? Does anyone know I'm here? In this little room, it's very lonely here. So you have things that bother us. Boring sermons apparently bother people. How did that get on there? Have you been in my notes? Thank you. Slow drivers in a fast lane. We talk about things. And, and so, you know, we're joking and, and we might think of impatience as, oh, it's just a little quirk. But, but really, it's, it's an indicator that we're out of step a little bit. And I, I've told you, the reason I want you to know these ideas of the fruit of the Spirit, what it looks like is, it's really the, the best way we can tell how in step with the Spirit we are. And when we're not experiencing what the Holy Spirit is producing in us, we need, to, it's on our end, we need to check back in, we need to get a little closer, and patience is a big deal. So let's talk about it. Point number one, what is patience? I was looking up different definitions, things that people have said, I have a few I'm going to share with you. Uh, this I, I thought was pretty good. Patience is allowing God to do what He says He's going to do. That was pretty good, I thought. I read this one. Patience is the even temper that comes from a heart that is yielded to the Holy Spirit. It is not the grit-your-teeth kind of angry endurance. It's loving tolerance in spite of people's weakness and failure. Oh, that was pretty good. Uh, This is probably my favorite. Patience means having a toughness when trials of life batter us, but a sweetness toward people who rub us the wrong way. I thought that was really good. A toughness with trials, but a sweetness towards people. So this is a big one, patience, the fourth listing in the fruit of the Spirit. It's actually the first listing in the love filter that we talk about here in 1 Corinthians. Love is patient. I say I usually get stopped with that one. And, and we talk about it. But I think most of us would admit that in this area, we may not always really reflect the character of Christ the way that we need to. And so we, we need to look at this together and be more aware of what's happening. It has a huge impact. Uh, on people around us, maybe one of the most significant ones that we can have is treating people patiently and being patient people. There's actually three words in uh, the New Testament in the original language in the Greek that are translated patient. So depending on the verse you're in, uh, you, you may get one or the other. Uh, one of them is anekhomai, which uh, is a compound word, uphold which really means that we hold up under difficult circumstances, oftentimes translated forbearance in the Scripture or bearing uh, one another. Ephesians 4.2, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. That's that word there. Then there's hupomeno, another compound word, which means to under, uh, under and abide. It's about not losing heart under a great siege of trials. So there's that one often in the Bible. If it's not patience, it's endurance. So the words are interchanged there. 
Romans 12.2, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And then uh, the, the other one is macro through macro thumeo, which I love this word because compound word again, macro is slow or long and thumos is wrath or anger. And so you put them together and it's, it's really slow wrath or long anger. So it doesn't mean you stay angry a long time. It means it takes you a long time to get angry. So make sure you know that. So it's, it's, it's not giving way to wrath or anger. And oftentimes that would be translated long-suffering. So as well as patient and maybe long-suffering. Uh, 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone come to repentance. So He's patient with us. That's the idea of long-suffering. And because He's patient with us, we're supposed to be patient with others. And that's the word that's actually used in the listing of the fruit that we're going through, is this idea of long-suffering. But all of those are the ideas of patience. So how is this expressed in our lives? That's point number two. I broke it down into four things. So um, A is about having patience in problems. Patience in problems. It's very difficult when, uh, for us to be patient when we're dealing with trials or, or problems uh, when they happen in our lives. James, in James 1, 2 through 4, it says this, My brothers and sisters, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Some translations, the word there is perseverance, same thing. Uh, it's about patience. But we don't like things to take a long time. We like things to be worked out pretty quickly. We want pretty much instant solutions, the way we have figured out sort of instant things to everything else. But it doesn't always work that way. I know in our own lives, we've, we've sometimes found ourselves in situations that I would just pray, let this get settled, let this get resolved, and, and then, you know, pray it every day, and, and thinking, this, when is this going to happen? And then ultimately coming to a place, though, where the reality sets in that God's got us in the midst of it, and He will eventually take care of it, and the day does finally come when it's dealt with, He deals with it. So... The idea of patience in problems is being able to sort of settle in and know that we can trust God and that He's got us through it and He'll take care of it. And, and it doesn't mean that it goes away. It just means, okay, we're going we're gonna to stand in this knowing that He's with us. And then we start to learn from it. Know that God is good, that we can trust Him. Understand how important it is to be thankful for other things in our lives. And so God uses those things. Don't say He calls them, but He uses them in our lives. And, and then, you know, those are big problems. Little problems can also often get us off track too. Little tiny things. Anybody ever have a little thing that will sort of make you lose your mind almost? I was uh, laughing the other day. Uh, you know, you'll see me eat apples. I like apples. And one of the things about apples, though, that bothers me is, is uh, the little stickers that they put on those apples. I don't know if you've ever been frustrated with this, but... The little stickers on apples, it shouldn't be a big deal, but when I want an apple, I just want to rinse it and be able to eat it. But there's a, when you buy them at the store, there's a sticker. And it's hard to get off, and for me anyway, and I'll be peeling at it thinking, this should be much easier than this, and why is there a sticker on here anywhere? Uh, anyway, and then sometimes you peel one off, and there's actually, they were covering something up that was bad, and that really upsets me. But that's not what gets me. It's the sticker, because once I finally get it off, then it's stuck to me. And it won't go away easily. It's like an, an amazing sticker. I don't know what the glue is, but it'll go over to the trash and try and have you... And then it sticks to something else. And then, you know, no, and, you, and I almost lose my mind. I just want an apple and I just throw the whole thing away. 
It's ridiculous. Someone just gave us a big bushel full of apples from Michigan. They don't have any stickers on them. We're enjoying those. So uh, yeah, it's very cool, the apples. Um, but it happens, or I was thinking, I had this situation, you know, I, I, in the course of my life, I have threaded a nut onto a bolt numerous times, and it's usually not a big deal. Bob, it goes. Have you ever had to do it, though, where you can't really see it, and it's like on a funny angle? And all of a sudden, it's like, I've never done this before, because no matter what I do, I can't make it work. And, and, and then it goes on crooked, and you can't get it, and then at this point in my life, my hand starts to cramp, and I'm coming out going, I've got issues, and... Uh, you, 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 it'll just take you out, see? But that's where when you start to experience that, the best thing to do is just kind of, okay, God, I'm, I'm getting a little out here. Help me with this. And then he does, and he steps us back in. So you get the idea. Sometimes with problems, it's a, it'll get us. B, maybe this won't impact anybody here. Anybody here ever have trouble being patient with other people? Good. We could just skip point B. It is our natural inclination to be impatient with people. To get angry at them for the things they do which we don't care for, push us right off over the edge, um, to express displeasure when things aren't going our way. We, we'll actually often get very rude in those situations. James says this about that, James 1.19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone, so that's one of those words that you can't get away from, everyone, should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. That's a big deal, that particular verse. And it's one that we really need to learn. So instead of getting upset with other people, we need to trust in, in the Lord, that He's at work in them. It's some measure just as He's at work in us. And getting angry will not help the situation, and it's not going to make them move any faster or act any different. In fact, most people are perceptive enough that when they sense that you're impatient with them, they'll actually slow down a little more. You ever notice that? My wife says I do that all the time. <laughs> slow it down another step. It's, you know, it's, we have to be careful. We're very quick to get upset about things. Alice and I were driving around this week and so we were being aware of those things and we'd drive somewhere and someone would drive less than stellar and uh, she, I, Alice was like, can you believe that? I'm like, really? <laughs> We're trying to be patient. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. But it's just such a part of who we are. We're so used to all those things. But really, we, we have to start looking at it. One of the things that really helps me, something John Wimber said, the, he's the guy who started all the vineyards a long time ago, early 70s. He's, gone, he's with the Lord now. He said this. I'll never forget it. He said, listen, I'm just change in God's pocket. He can spend me however he wants. There's something so freeing in taking that in and realizing how true that is. This is once you come to know Jesus, it, this is His life, and it's the best life you can have, and it's, you, you can, you've got the hard part figured out. And now the Holy Spirit is working in us, and we can yield to Him, and we just have to realize, God, this is your life. However you want to spend it is good with me. And I don't need to be all upset because it's taking longer in line. If God wants, you know, I often will say when I'm in line, God, if it, this is, I'm yours. If this line is where you want me, I'm good. I'm just going to chill out. It's not going to let it get to me and push me over the edge. And, and when I feel it doing that, we go back and we ask God for help and we yield to the Spirit because He's patient with us and He really wants us to be patient with people. A lot of stuff happens when we don't quickly get angry and just dismiss people. See, we need to be patient with God's timing and plan. Uh, when you start to read the scriptures, one of the things that you will find out pretty quickly is that waiting 
is part of God's plan. From the time that you come in as a believer, you start to wait for His return, and it's part of waiting. It's part of the deal. Scripture is very clear. We're to, we're to live like He could be returning any moment, and at the same time that He might be a little while, because He's letting the harvest happen the way it's supposed to. But we can really get upset with God's plan and timing because it's usually not when we want it to happen. It's on His timing and it's hard for us to get to. We want things to happen now. And, and yet waiting is part of it. There's lots of passages about waiting and the promises that come from waiting. And here's the thing. God is eternal and He's just not in a hurry. Isn't that amazing to start to think about? I have read... The New Testament, a lot. I teach New Testament and I, I, I'm in it all the time. And, uh, and, and so if anybody, you can find a verse for me that, that goes against it. That's great. I'm always willing to hear it. But I've read through the Gospels over and over and over again. I can never find Jesus in a hurry, ever. He's never in a hurry. You would think, you know, my thinking, he's kind of got a limit. He knows his time. He's got three years to change the world. You would, oh, three, I better get busy. That would take some serious planning, don't you think? <laughs> if you know you only had three years to change your world, you'd probably have a list. And Jesus just kind of goes, and he walks, and he stops, and he sees people, and he, oh, everybody's on their way. I'm sorry, you go ahead. I'm going to talk to this guy, and I'm going to take as much time as it takes. And, you know, I, I, one of the things that struck me is when Mary and Martha and Lazarus, you know, good friends of Jesus, and Lazarus is sick. Lord, come quickly. He said, I'll be right there. He was like an hour away, and he took three days to show up. And they were like, why didn't you come? And, you know, he tells them, don't worry about it. I got something. <laughs> I got something for you. Lazarus. <laughs> but pretty cool, right? No, that was worth the wait. You got to, you know. <laughs> I teased the group on Wednesday. I said, why did he say Lazarus come forth? Because he hadn't said Lazarus, they would all come forth. And uh, <laughs> Jesus doing something creative. Pretty cool. So we just can't be in a hurry. James 5, 7 through 8. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Look, he's coming back. We need to be patient. We're waiting, but our patience really makes us impact the world around us for him. And that's why it's so important. All of the fruit that's being developed in us by the Spirit makes a huge difference in the world. D. We need to be patient with ourselves. It was important, I think, for me to add this. Uh, and I've been talking with this about Alice. Uh, as we've been really looking at the fruit, about how often I'm disappointed in the fact that there's not more that, than there is happening in my life. How, how often the indicator is I'm out of step. And yet, the reality is, it's a process. And, and so we have to accept that it's a process. Now, that doesn't mean we settle for complacency. We, we need to get an understanding of who we are and where we're at, not so that we can stay the same, but that we can be open to the change of the Spirit in our lives over time. But we have to accept that it's a process. It takes a while, and, and it takes a while for us to grow and to change. It's slow progress, just like the harvest. There's a time between spring and fall, planting and harvesting. I was thinking about things in my own life, like riding a bicycle. I don't remember how many of you can vividly remember learning to ride a bike, but I do uh, remember that whole process. I didn't just hop on. It took me a little while to figure out. And there was training wheels, which I don't know if they made it better or worse when I was little. And then, you know, your parents pushing you and letting you go, and then you falling and wiping out. I'll never trust you again. No, that's another thing. So anyway, <laughs> you said you wouldn't let go. <laughs> And I remember eventually it was just me on the bike and I finally figured it out. It was like a huge breakthrough. I got it. And, and, 
And now, you know, I still re- no, I still know how to ride a bike. I get on my bike and I can still ride. I don't have to think about it anymore. What do I do here? What's it just kind of happens. It's part of who you are. So that's, that's the process of life. It's like when I was younger, I learned to drive on a stick shift. And I don't know how many of you have, have driven stick shift or still do, but when you first go to drive a stick, there's three pedals, you know, and you're like, oh, great. And you have to figure out the timing of things because if you don't get it, the car stalls and it sputters and it, it's not smooth and it doesn't look cool. And, and, you know, you have a lot going on, right? And, and yet eventually I figured that out and then it's not even an issue anymore. I don't drive a stick shift anymore, but my son has one in his truck. I'll get in there every now and again, drive it. I don't have to do a refresher or anything. It just comes. You just know how to go. Everything happens. I, I taught him how to drive on, actually in the truck he has now. And uh, he's 15, 16, learning how to drive. And we were up in central Florida, somewhere wide open spaces. And he's learning, he's doing good, just a lot, you know, driving and stick, uh, doing this. And I was trying to teach him the idea of downshifting. When you go to slow down, you know, you can downshift. It's kind of nice, run through the gears and it helps you brake and it's good. And so we were in fifth. I said, let's do it. Let's, I want you to go down into fourth. And he said, okay. And he hits the clutch and he pops it down into second. And... Uh, <laughs> the engine went and I, all I remember is yelling clutch, clutch, clutch and he's, you know, at that point panicking but he, can, he does it fine now so see, we are Hebrews 12 therefore since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance patience the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We do this thing with patience. We depend on the Holy Spirit to produce this fruit in our lives, yielding to him the control of our lives, and, and in each situation, allowing him to be patient through us. Think of it that way, that he's being patient through us. Colossians 1, 10 and 11, and we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience. They use two of those words in there in this life. So this week, I want to encourage you, keep your eyes open and look for situations to help grow in this whole process and see where you, oh, I'm getting impatient, I need to plug, plug back in because it's not really where he wants me and it's not where I will find life. So, so let's have patience in our problems and with people and with God's plan and timing with ourselves personally and we'll continue to grow together in him. Amen?